This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. These are the words of the Messiah himself. This is how he describes himself in Psalm 40, verse 7, where he said, Then said I, Lo, I come. In the volume of the book, it's written of me. The Messiah is the one who says, lo, I come. The Messiah is the coming one. And we're the ones who are 1 Corinthians 1.7. We are waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Titus 2.13. We are looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Just like the hymn says, ho, my comrades, see the signal waving in the skies, reinforcements now appearing, victory is nigh, hold the fort, for I am coming, Jesus signals still, wave the answer back to heaven, by thy grace we will. So the Messiah is known as the one who says, lo, I come, he's the coming one, he comes because he loves the world, and by coming, he becomes the Lamb of God to open the door to the world to not perish but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. He comes because he loves to obey the Father. Obey the Father who sent him into the world, not to condemn the world, no, but to save the world, John 3, 17. John 3, 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He, becomes, he comes because he's full of tender mercy, not just mercy, but tender mercy. As it says in Luke 178, Luke 178, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring on high hath visited us. He comes to save us from our sins. That's why he came in Luke 19.10. The Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. He comes to minister to us. He comes to give his life a ransom for many, Mark 10, 45. Even the Son of Man came not to minister 
be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So John asks the question. John asked the question, although he was weak, John was weak, nevertheless, he comes to the right place. He comes to the right place. He has this question, and the response that the Lord gives gives us a very, very wonderful picture of the intimate look, the intimate dealing that the Lord has with the weakness of John the Baptist. In a sense, we see in this phase in the life of John the Baptist, in this phase in the life of John the Baptist, in a sense, we see a prophecy, a picture, an illustration of the nation of Israel. We see in John the Baptist, Israel. We see in John the Baptist, Israel that doubts, Israel that questions, Israel that looks at Jesus today and says, we look for another. We don't believe he's the one. We look for another. But in this question that John the Baptist asked, we see in the weakness of John, the great John the Baptist, we see the man who was great but now is weak. We see a man who shook all Israel. We see a man who has a history of a record of Matthew 3.1, Matthew 3.1. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah saying, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. The same had a raiment of camel's hair, leather girded his loins, meat was locust, wild honey. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan, and were baptized him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees, Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits, meet for repentance. Think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the ax is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Who's this? This is very different from the person we're reading about now. This is the fearless John the Baptist who confronted the Pharisees, the Sadducees, as the generation of the snake who brought Adam and Eve into sin. This is the great John the Baptist who declared his message to not just a handful of people, but he thundered his message to a multitude, it says in Luke 3.7. Luke 3.7, then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers. We've never seen doubt in John the Baptist. We've never seen weakness. We've never seen a lack of confidence in John the Baptist, but now he's in a prison cell. Now it's a different John, he's broken. He's broken and he's in essence, we can see him there holding his head in his hands and saying, maybe I was all wrong. Maybe I was wrong about you, Jesus. Maybe it's not true. Maybe I was a fool to say that you, Jesus, look at me now. I used to preach to multitudes. Now the only multitudes I have is a group of rats. I'm just so down. And that's the state of John the Baptist who called himself 
in three, John 3.29, John 3.29, a friend of the bridegroom. And now, now John, the friend of Jesus, has got his soul cast down to the ground of a dirty, rotten prison. And that's sometimes the way we are. Sometimes we find ourselves that way. So this is John, and this is also Jesus, John's friend. This is also Jesus, our friend. And this Jesus is going to restore his friend John. And the first thing that Jesus says to John's disciples, messengers, in verse four, Jesus answered and said unto them, go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. So the Lord Jesus didn't refer back to him, will you go and show him again? But he didn't say that way. He used his name, go and show John, tender. States John's name, revealing his understanding of John's troubles, his compassion for John. He's really showing here how special he was as a priest, Jesus, in Hebrews 4.15. We have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. So he's touched with the feeling of the abandonment that John was feeling, that abandonment. He knows it so well, that feeling of abandonment when he cries out from the cross, the Lord Jesus, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou abandoned me? And he's touched with that feeling. And so therefore, he does something very special when the disciples of John are there. It says in Luke 7.21, Luke 7.21, in that same hour, he cured many of their infirmities and plagues as evil spirits, many that were blind he gave sight. And Jesus answering said unto them, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard, how the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel's preached. So to restore John, the Lord took John's disciples and gave them a special little show a special little demonstration before your very eyes. He's telling them, now you guys keep your eyes open and you just watch this carefully and you go back and you tell John exactly what you saw and what you heard. That's your message. And what a message that was that those disciples of John carried back to John, a message of, we saw it, we saw it with our own eyes. We heard it with our own ears. He's the Messiah. You don't have to look for another. We saw with our own eyes. He made the blind to see. He made the lame to walk. He made the lepers to be cleansed. He made the deaf to hear. He made the dead to be raised up. And the poor, he made the gospel have preached to them. We saw it. We heard it ourselves. We could picture John in prison, lift up his head and said, then it is true. He is the Messiah. We don't look for another. And what a list that was of the rescues that he brought, the blind, the lame, the lepers, the deaf, the dead, the poor. What a list that was of what he was against. He fought against of what he was victorious against, against blindness he gave sight, against lameness he brought wholeness, against deafness he brought hearing, against death. He brought life against poverty and spirit. He brought riches. He fought against these. These were his enemies. 
He had the enemy of blindness, lameness, leprosy, deafness, death, poverty, and he won. He fought, and he won. Why? Because in Exodus 15.3, in Exodus 15.3, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord's his name. Because in Psalm 24.7, Psalm 24.7, lift up your heads, O ye gates. Be lift up, ye everlasting doors. The king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Psalm 45.3, Psalm 45.3. Gird thy sword upon thy thigh, O thou most mighty, with thy glory and majesty. Thine arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, whereby the people fall under thee. Revelation 19.11, Revelation 19.11. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him is faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. His eyes a flame of fire, his head many crowns. He had name written, no man knew, no himself. He's clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in in white fine linen. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword. Smite the nations. He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. He had the name on his vesture, on his thigh, his name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. So John the Baptist hears all what the Lord had done. And he remembers the passage in Isaiah that he memorized. This is talking about him and the Messiah. Isaiah 61.1, Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And he meditates, we can see John the Baptist meditating on that last part of Isaiah 61.1, 61.1, the opening of the prison to them that are bound. And as he thinks about that, John the Baptist says, that's me. That's me. I'm in this prison. I'm bound, but I'll be released. My day's coming. And then John thinks of the passage in Isaiah that, that shows that Jesus is the Messiah. Isaiah 35, 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame man shall leap as in heart and the tongue of the dumb sing. And John remembers the first part of that verse, of those verses. The first part of that section. And there's a little special message that he sees for himself and he says, I never saw this before. But the first part says in Isaiah 35.3, Isaiah 35.3, strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble needs, say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense, he'll come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf be unstopped. Then the man shall leap, the lame man shall leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And we see John at that prison then leaping for joy himself as he says, as he reads, strengthen ye the weak hands, confirm the feeble knees, say to them of a fearful heart, be strong. And John says, that's me. I have the weak hands that need to be strengthened. I have the feeble knees that need to be held up. I've got the fearful heart that needs to be fearless, and he's strengthened, and he's strengthened. And if he knew it, he would have sung Bert's songs, Bull's songs is number 870 in our hymnal. Only a little while we could see him, he would have sung this. 
Only a little while till my courses run, only a while till the set of sun. Tears will be dried, every care set aside, only a little while till my Savior comes. And when the Lord was going through that list of all that he had done, he's rescuing the blind and the lame and the lepers, the deaf, the dead, the poor, we can imagine that when he comes in verse five, when he comes in verse five, and he says to the disciples of John, the dead are raised up, he must have looked at the disciples of John when he said that and just gave him a little wink. He says, the dead are raised up. And we can imagine the Lord especially emphasizing the dead are raised up. Did you get it? The dead are raised up because he knew John was afraid of being executed in that prison. And he knew John was gonna be executed in that prison. And that was a glorious answer that the Lord gave to John the Baptist because it was a special word, a little special word, kind of like Isaiah. It was a special word of promise to John. John's facing the imminency of his own death. John knows it, he knows it. And the Lord says to John's messengers, like John was saying, hey John, the dead are raised up. John, the worst thing they can do to you in killing you is the best thing that they can do to you. So be encouraged, my friend. And we can just imagine John in prison just grabbing a hold of those words. The dead are raised up. The dead are raised up as the executioner enters John's cell with the ax in his hand. And John looks at that ax and says to himself, the dead are raised up. And then when John's head is pushed down on that tree stump that's gonna be used for the chopping block, and John says to himself, it's okay, the dead are raised up. And then as he feels that cold steel on his neck, and John's last thought is, the dead are raised up, the dead are raised up. And that made the Lord's answer to John's question glorious. It was glorious because it was just the word that John needed in verse five. The dead are raised up. It was a glorious answer because it was something that John could cling to. And that, when we look at that example of the Lord there, it shows us how we should be giving glorious responses when we put ourselves in the shoes of other people as the Lord did in the case of John, and ask ourselves, what would we want? What word would we want from the Bible? The answer the Lord gave to John that about him being the Messiah was also glorious because the way the Lord answered it. You know, the Lord was avoiding taking the title of the Messiah publicly. But now the Lord is helping his friend John and it's a glorious answer that he gives to the question, are you the Messiah? Because he avoids, the Lord avoids making a direct declaration of himself by saying, yes, I am the Messiah. But there's a glorious humility to the way the Lord answers because he lets the scriptures answer the question. And that's an example for us. It's glorious when they see the Lord using the book of Isaiah and answering the question that way, and it's glorious when we answer our challengers with, the Bible says, the Bible says. Now, the Lord knew that John was in a very serious danger of being offended at him. Yeah, very serious. 
So the Lord says, blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. Now, I could say, well, what is it about the Lord that could have offended anyone, John in particular, but anyone? Well, it's very clear that John could have been offended by thinking, why does God allow this to happen? What is Jesus who raises the dead, allow this to happen to me. And we can be offended in the same way. As I mentioned to you, as we sit here in our continuum of health degradations, we can be offended also. Say, why does God allow this? Why why doesn't God heal me, heal me? I remember Temeskin, Ethiopian boy, who got the osteosarcoma in Ethiopia when he was 12 and then was adopted over in Washington, D.C. and sent to all these places, St. Jude, National Cancer Institute. Uh, Anyway, and he died when he was 15 of it, the cancer. But I remember during that time when I would visit him and he would say, oh, I went to this meeting and there was healings and healings, cards he was showing me. God's gonna heal me, God's gonna heal me. Very easy to become offended in the Lord when the healing doesn't come. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song as the burdens press and the cares distress and the way grows weary and long? Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. We can be offended because of the Lord allowing things to happen to us, especially health degradations, and we can say, does he care? Does he really care? We can be offended also at the Lord because when we see his infinite patience with the world, I mean, we want judgment to fall already. We want the Lord to just take vengeance. We get sometimes into this mode of the disciples in Luke 9, 52, where it says, and he sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you know not what manner of spirit you are of. The Son of Man has not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. James and John we're sure that they were right on. I mean, after all, it's biblical. Don't you remember, Lord, Elijah did this. Why can't we do this? Let's just ash them. So they were pretty angry at them. And the Lord rebuked them and said, ooh, you got a bad spirit in you. Whew. He says, you don't understand that I've come to save men's lives, not to destroy them. And that means patience, infinite patience. That means tolerance of all the rebellion and we can be offended, and maybe they were, James and John, I don't know. Easy for them to have become offended. They got rebuked. They said, you got a bad spirit within you. So what we've seen here this today is how the Lord restored his friend John, who had been so strong in the past, but now was cast down. And the Lord brought him back up in tenderness, with scripture, in understanding, compassion, because that's just who Jesus is. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much 
for being the what a friend we have in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.